welcome to Legal Light, where we discuss everything e-discovery. Legal Light is brought to you by Altlaw e-discovery, the UK's leading independent e-discovery service provider, and your host, Matt Altes, CEO and founder of Altlaw e-discovery. Hello again, and welcome to Legal Light, the e-discovery video blog and podcast, where we discuss everything e-discovery, except for this episode. Being November, we're raising awareness of male health issues, and particularly in this episode, prostate cancer. We'll be joined by Martin Randall, who was diagnosed at a very early age with prostate cancer and has gone through the treatment and come out the other end fit and well. But before we meet Martin, let me give you some prostate cancer facts. Prostate cancer is the most common form of cancer for men in the UK. One in eight men will get prostate cancer in their lifetime, and that increases to one in four men if you're black. There are over 130 new cases of prostate cancer diagnosed every single day. That's 47,000 per year. Now, every 45 minutes, a man dies of prostate cancer, and that's 11,500 a year. Now, risks increase after the age of 50. Indeed, most men um, who are diagnosed are over 50. And you're two and a half times more likely to get prostate cancer if your father or your brother also have prostate cancer. And there are nearly half a million men in the UK living with or living after having been diagnosed with prostate cancer. But with no further ado, let us meet Martin. Welcome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for coming in. No, no problem. I know it's a very emotive subject, so um, yeah, yeah, just let me know if you find some of the questions difficult. No, we'll do, yeah. yeah. But before we dive into that, Tell me a bit about you. You're a London, London taxi driver. I am, yes. Yeah, well known to be some of the best in the world. London's finest, as we like to say, yeah. yeah. Why yeah. is it considered as such? I think it's the, the learning process that we're, we're put through to actually learn um, the, the knowledge of London, as it's called. Uh, not everybody knows that sort of worldwide, but um, we, you know, we, we, we're taught to learn thousands of streets, names, uh, street names, points of interest, hospitals, and diff uh, certain routes that have to be driven in a straight line so as opposed to going up and around and you know um, and it's just a yeah it's a long long process but one of the best things I've ever done in my life. But they teach you not to go south of the river right? No. <laughs> not true. <laughs> now you're self-employed so if you don't work you don't get paid. Yeah there is no holiday pay there's no uh, perks no sick pay you know anything like that we are, we are solely self-employed as black cab drivers yeah. So being diagnosed with prostate cancer, that must have been a very scary thing. Not just on the health side, but mm, you're yeah. a young man, young family. Yes, yeah. Uh, my, well, my little daughter was three at the time when I was, I was diagnosed. And uh, yeah, it was a bit, a bit worrying. So yeah. when were you diagnosed? Um, it was actually in the August of 2016, I uh, was diagnosed. I had various sort of tests leading up to it, but the actual, I actually got, got the, the bad news, if you like, in the, I think it was August the 11th, if I remember rightly. Uh, I then, my wife and I then went to see my consultant, a specialist, um, in the September. He told me, don't worry, you know, you're lucky we've got this early. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be eternally grateful to Dr. Adshead, who was my, my guy. How old were you? Uh, I was 44 at the time. That's really young. Yes, it is. Um, having spoken to the specialist, though, he did actually say to me, you'd be incredibly unlucky, unlucky as a 44-year-old man to have it. He said, but however, 
younger men are slipping through the net more and more nowadays, you know, every week. Well, that leads on to my next question. How were you diagnosed? Did you have symptoms? No, no symptoms, nothing whatsoever. Um, I was just, I went to the doctors about for a random blood test about something totally different. You know, nothing anywhere near as serious. And uh, as men, the main way they can gauge any problem with, that, with the prostates is their sort of medical jargon is a PSA level, PSA. Mm -hmm. so anything to do with a PSA is, is related to the prostate. So if we as men have a blood test, and for whatever reason our PSA levels are raised, then it flags up usually something to do with the prostate, uh, as mine did. Uh, I went back three months later for some for another blood test, and it was still slightly raised. Um, the doctor then said, "I think we're going to get you in for a biopsy." Um, so I actually went for a biopsy. What does that entail? Well, there were two, well, probably more than two, but I had two different type of biopsies. Um, the first one was they sort of go in through through your back door and they just take some swabs from your prostate. Um, that came back fine, right? But then as we sort of time went by, went back, had some more blood tests and it was still still very raised, the, um, the PSA levels. So as the doctor explained to me, I didn't even know what a prostate was, Matt, to be honest. I knew it was something in us underneath, yeah. but I really didn't know. And so the doctor sort of explained to me, he said, if you imagine a tangerine, and that's, that's your prostate. He said, so if they take some swabs from your back passage, they can only get to that bit. So the next step, obviously, if that comes back okay, but you've still got problems with your PSA levels, then they've got to go. So basically, as they did with me, knock me out um, for an hour or so, and then they take swabs from all around underneath you, uh, around your prostate. They took 30 swabs of mine, 11 of which were cancerous. Wow. So that was in the July, and then I went back to see the doctors next month, and they came with the news. Must have been devastated. Uh, yeah, kind of very, very shocked. It's more the word, I think. Very shocked. As we said earlier, you've got a young family. Uh, yeah. Children? Yeah, young, um, little daughter, she's seven now, and, uh, and, and a lovely wife. Um, she so was, she was just three when you were diagnosed? Yeah, she, was, she would have been three then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my wife's a very positive lady. She kept saying, yeah, you're going to be fine, you're going to be fine. So it was a shock to all of us. Big you know. support to you. Yeah. They found it was particularly aggressive. Yeah, uh, three, three to four, which is, which is fairly So what fairly did they recommend as the treatment? Well, I was, as I say, I was lucky because mine was actually um, enclosed in the prostate. So if, if it's sort of still inside, then it hasn't spread, they can just take, remove your prostate in one operation, which is what I had done, a uh, prostatectomy in, in the October. And then obviously you keep going back for your, you know, your checks and tests. And so far, so good, touch wood. Um, my last six monthly was in June, last, last June. So I had one just before the Christmas coming. And uh, yeah, as long as the PSA levels are still reading very, very low, mm -hmm. doctor said that's fine. Somebody very dear to me has just had their prostate removed. Um, and uh, he said to me that he would never have gone to the doctor if he was still working. He'd just retired mm. and just didn't feel quite right. And he went to the doctor, 
He's 65 years old, mm. went to the doctor, and they did the PSA test, found it was elevated, I think it was 14, it's meant to be, mm. between one and oh, zero and two and a half, isn't yeah. it, or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, his again was very aggressive and he had his prostate removed. Mm -hmm. But uh, as I say, if he was still working, he wouldn't have bothered going. And this is a problem with men, isn't it? Absolutely. We yeah. bury our heads. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And we're fearful of the consequences of um, you know, being diagnosed with something, but the mm -hmm. consequences of not being diagnosed are obviously far greater. Yeah. I mean, being a man, there's lots of worries um, about how things will work afterwards. This must have played on your mind, particularly seeing how young you are. Mm -hmm. It did, but again, my, my specialist um, sort of just explained everything to me, made me feel totally at ease, you know, and uh, um, pretty much assured me we'd be okay. And thank, thank the Lord we are. <laughs> now, I, I know what my, my friend went through, um, and I was amazed to see um, the technology involved nowadays. Mm. You had the same operation. Talk, talk us through that. Yeah, so I had what they call the uh, uh, laroscopic, or the robot, uh, um, but basically sort of five arms, I think, as a robot, and they insert, make incisions in you. And the, uh, the consultant's sit, literally sitting there working his magic from a laptop. So he's, he's operating the, the robots to, that cut you inside. So it's, you're all up on big screens and... Uh, yeah, well, but a you know, screen in front of him, I guess, yeah. And uh, of course, obviously, you're out, you know. Sure. You're out the, out the game, um, probably for a good few hours. But um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And the idea of this, this uh, robotic um, process they use now is that it's uh, internally, you heal a lot quicker, as opposed to sort of cutting you with a big... And of course, a major part of that is preserving the nerves that make everything work. Yeah, yeah. Because it's much more accurate. Yes, yeah. I mean, obviously, the nerves are the thing that uh, that make them... Enable you to function. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, the more they preserve them, the better it is, yeah, obviously. So um, your recovery-wise, how long was your recovery from that operation? Yeah, um, I've always been quite an active kind of person anyway I like, I like going to the gym a couple of three times a week and the doctor said to me leave it alone for three months you know don't do anything just literally um, just you know take it easy relax have a walk he said walking is one of the best things um, to do which I did um, and when I went back you know it's all it's all okay so, I know my 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 friend um, the hospital is just St. Thomas's over Westminster. Mm. Um, they put on lots of seminars, even after the op, to mm. explain how they should be feeling right now. And did, did you have all of those? No, no. Really? No. So they're getting better in their care and their aftercare. Yeah. As time goes that on. That is good, yeah. No, I just uh, just sort of sent home and told to take it easy. So yeah. when did you start getting back to so those three, three months of sitting around? Three and months, yeah. In it. Um, yeah. When did you start to feel as if things were getting better? Probably, probably around the sort of eight to ten week mark, I guess. You start to feel a bit. You feel a bit sort of sore and bruised, you know, yeah. just generally moving around for a good few weeks because you are, you know, internally. But um, yeah, probably ten weeks, you start to feel better. You must feel incredibly grateful for that blood test. Oh. 
can't even describe how you grateful be I am. today if you hadn't have had that blood no, test. No, I wouldn't, no. No, can't, you can't, you know, can't put it into words how grateful you are for these mm. things. And, and as I say, totally random. So this is the thing that, that any, any brothers out there, any men out there, you know, must realise that it's just a simple blood test if you're worried about anything to do with the prostate. And, and that, can, that can sort of lead you onto a better life, shall we say. So go and get your PSA test, I think, is the message there. Yeah. Particularly if you're age 45 or over. Going back to your London taxis, um, cabbies are well known in London for being very talkative. Yeah. Do you talk about this with your passengers? Yes, I do actually. Um, funnily, you know, I suppose uh, typically we get quite a few customers that are going to hospital. Right, of course. You know? And uh, yeah, you get talking, what, what are you off to today then? So, well, they, they told me they're going to go to the hospital. So I actually, um, I've got a, a little uh, sticker um, Prostate Cancer UK in my in my little uh, petition, and so if any of the you know gentlemen are sort of going through it, or oh, the ladies, you know, that's oh oh, well, yeah. my husband suffered from this, and it brings up a conversation, and obviously I can I can relate to them on the journey, which is nice because I try and you know put their mind at rest as much as I can. You got any funny stories about that? I know it's not a funny subject, but uh, none that I could repeat really. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Martin, thanks so much for coming in. Welcome, um, it's man, been no a problem. real pleasure uh, talking to you about this today. And hopefully, if just one person mm. goes and gets their prostate um, specific, and if just one person gets their PS levels checked and it comes back positive, then we've done some good here today, haven't we? Yeah. Please, guys, I beg of you, any problems you think you have, just get a blood test done and the rest will be taken care of. Thanks so much, Martin. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers. Well, guys, that was pretty heavy, huh? But the good news is that if you are diagnosed with prostate cancer and that diagnosis comes early, you have a 99% chance of being cured. So go ahead, get to your doctor, get that PSA test, particularly if you're over 45 years old. Legal Light was brought to you by Altlaw eDiscovery, the UK's leading independent eDiscovery service provider. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to like, comment and share, and please leave us a review. For more information on our products and services, visit www.altlaw.co.uk. That's www.altlaw.co.uk.